Today I'll be focusing on our first reading from the book of Acts, the, pers- uh, the persecution and the, the martyrdom of St. Stephen uh, at the hands of the Jewish leaders. Uh, today, though, we, we celebrate the memorial of St. Athanasius. And it's a, it's a great joy for me to be able to celebrate this memorial because St. Athanasius, for me personally, in my own spiritual journey, uh, played a very important part. Uh, I really I regard him as kind of like my spiritual father. Even I have a, a great affection for him. He's almost like my dad. So Saint Athanasius is a real important guy for me personally, and um, so it's a, it's a great joy for me to be able to speak about him. He um, uh, this is in the ancient church, fourth century, and really even earlier than that. I mean, I think he was born probably I don't know two eighty something like that, and. Um, he, uh, at that time, there's no seminaries. You know, seminaries for priests only began about 500 years ago. The Council of Trent instituted seminaries. Uh, before that, usually what would happen, especially in the ancient church, it was uh, a priest would become a priest by way of apprenticeship. So Athanasius um, was noticed by uh, one the, the bishop. I think he was really raised by the bishop, essentially, um, Bishop Peter of Alexandria. This is in Egypt. And uh, kind of like took this young guy under his wing and sort of apprenticed him into the priesthood. And uh, Athanasius was a very intellectually talented guy. Um, he was present at the Council of Nicaea. This is the first ecumenical council ever held in the year 325. And he was there as a deacon and as kind of like a theological consultant, like a theological expert um, to the bishop. Uh, and so he was present at Nicaea. Nicaea was called over uh, a controversy that had arisen concerning the identity of Jesus Christ. And there was a priest of Alexandria who started teaching and broadcasting in a very you know, wide manner uh, some false doctrines about Jesus. He was essentially denying the full and true divinity of Jesus. He was saying that um, essentially... Uh, Christ uh, was a creature and a work, uh, something created by God, and um, so he was he was diminishing the the, the truth of Christ's divinity in a severe uh, way. So the council was called to deal with this, and um, you know when we profess the Nicene Creed on Sundays during Mass, that creed is based on a creed that was drafted essentially during the council. Of Nicaea, or it's related to at least it's not identical to, but it's related to the uh, creed that had been drafted in response. And uh, one of the key words in there is consubstantial. We confess that Christ, that the Son of God, is consubstantial with the Father. It's kind of too much theology to get into. I'm not going to. It's not my purpose of my homily. But anyways, that's the general background. And Athanasius um, uh, was there. He witnessed everything. And uh, he saw the obstinacy and the uh, deception of Arius, this priest, and the people that were on his side. And uh, you know, so he was he was very much familiar with the danger of this guy's heresy, of this guy's false teaching. Um, the council decided, obviously, in an orthodox solve the solution in an orthodox uh, manner, but. Problem was that that was just the beginning of the problem. So really, Nicaea began about a 50-year period of total theological chaos in the church, and it got so bad that at some point 
They say the majority of bishops um, were Arian, were, were heterodox. Okay, um, the majority. And so Athanasius eventually he became bishop of Alexandria. He succeeded to uh, Peter, his uh, his mentor. And uh, the Arians, the Arian party, this this heretical party, they came into power, and they were really ruling the roost. Uh, Constantine himself, the Emperor Constantine, was Orthodox, but his sons, like two of his three sons, were were Arians. And so when they were on the uh, imperial throne, they kicked out Orthodox bishops out of their sees, and they put in place Arian bishops. Okay, so it was the state intervening in the affairs of the church and kind of strong-arming things. Athanasius was exiled five times from his see, from his Episcopal see. He actually uh, was on, he was Bishop of Alexander for a very long time, for 45 years. But in the course of that 45 years, he was exiled five times for a total of something like 18 years. And his life was sought. They sought to kill him, so he went and he hid with monks in the desert. And from the desert, he wrote treatises against the Arian heresy and uh, got these treatises copied and, and published and promulgated and spread about through the empire and was able to combat this heresy in that, in that manner. Well, in any event, out of all of this, Athanasius is a very heroic uh, guy because he was really kind of one person against the, the world, in a, so to speak. And there's a famous Latin phrase that's used concerning him, Athanasius contra mundum, Athanasius against the world. Um, he had the Pope on his side, though. The Pope of Rome was was uh, on his side, and he went to the Pope to get help. Um, but this controversy was largely in the East, not in the West, so the Pope could only do so much. Um, especially because it was power, it was politics that was ruling the day and not really uh, church authorities. So what we see here in our first reading, I think, is something very interesting. Um, we have Stephen, and Stephen is standing before this ju- this tribunal. He's in the minority. He's one guy against all of these people who are, are against him, and they condemn him. Okay, it's very similar to Jesus himself. When Jesus was on trial before Caiaphas, here he is, one man, everybody's against him. Okay? And, uh, you know, at one point Caiaphas says, you know, tell us in truth, who, who do you claim to be? Are you the, the Messiah, the Son of God? And Jesus says, uh, you say that I am. And then he says, but from here on out, truly I say to you, you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven and seated at the, at the right hand of the power of God. And what Jesus is saying there is he's alluding to the prophet Daniel. In the book of Daniel, we have this vision of the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven and he receives authority and judgment from God the Father and he is ruler over the whole earth. So it's something very ironic is going on at Jesus' trial because it looks like, from all appearances, from a merely limited human perspective, it looks like Jesus is on trial and he's in the minority, and everybody's against him. The reality of it is, it's those people who were trying him, they're the ones on trial. And Jesus is the judge. <laughs> okay, so it's actually reversed from the ultimate perspective. From God's perspective, the roles are completely reversed. So also with Stephen, Stephen looks up into heaven, and he sees the Son of Man. Okay, and so he's reminded of who the true judge is. So it might appear that Stephen is in the minority and everybody's against him. 
But the reality of it is the roles are reversed. All the people who condemn Stephen, they're the ones on trial. They're on the hot seat. And the judge is Jesus at the right hand of God. Uh, and in our, so it was also with St. Athanasius. It looked like he was in the minority. Everybody was against him. But really, from God's perspective, all the Arians and the people who were condemning him and trying to kill him, they're the ones on trial. And uh, as history turns out, you know, we don't even know who these people were, but everybody knows who Athanasius is. And he is the one who uh, is in the majority and in the right. So also now, in an application for our own lives, as Christians, we might feel sometimes that we are on trial, that we are in the wrong, that our opinions about God and about, especially about morality nowadays, are uh, wrong and are should be condemned and are uh, off base and we're in the minority and everybody's against us. There can, you know, the Christian can feel that way, I think, sometimes in the face of the threatenings of the world. But we have the Son of Man on our side. And if we were to have God's perspective, we would see the roles being reversed. So no matter how much of a minority position you might feel, no matter how much you might feel pressured to kowtow to the majority, remember uh, that as a Christian, as long as you're following Christ, uh, you're on the side of the judge. You're not on the side of the people being tried. <laughs> you're on the side of the guy who has the right to try and to judge others. Uh, and, and that gives us the courage to be against the whole world if we need be. Uh, like Athanasius, Contramundum.